We're studying one verse today. And sometimes I think it's good to just stop with one verse. Because Jesus can say a whole lot, sometimes with just a few, few words. And he said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. He says, I'm going to give you peace. Oscar Wilde once said that there's basically two types of people. I want you to hear this. He said this, Some cause happiness wherever they go. Others, whenever they go. Yeah, you've got to think about that one. But I'm sure you know people in both of those camps, right? There's some people that when you run into them, and when you see them out and about with people, they cause happiness wherever they go. People are happy to see them, and you might be one of those people. But then, there's also these other types of folks that whenever they leave, everybody just seems to smile a little more. You might have a boss like that, right? Everybody's a little happier when they walk out the room. But Jesus falls into both categories, doesn't he? Jesus caused happiness and wellness and wholeness wherever he went. If Jesus came to Nashville, people would be walking. People, blind people would be seeing. That's the kind of impact that Jesus had on his world. That wherever he went, people were better because Jesus had been around him. But Jesus didn't just leave it there. He said, even when I leave you to his disciples, that you're going to be at peace. And if you remember, John chapter 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 are all written on the night of his betrayal, the day before Jesus is crucified, the night before Jesus is crucified. John chapter 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 are all written. And Jesus on that night says to his disciples, peace I leave with you. They're about to confront the greatest test of their faith up until this point. They are going to see their master. They are going to see their Lord. They are going to see their friend crucified on the cross. And in the midst of that challenge, Jesus says, Peace I leave with you. Peace I give unto you. Not like the world gives us. I'm giving you peace. The other day, I woke up from a dream. Love having dreams, don't you? This was a unique dream that I had. And I woke up from the dream and I remembered... I don't always remember my dreams. But I dreamed this. I dreamed that when I turned on the television, that the world was okay. And that's a dream, isn't it? I dreamed that when I turned on the news, it was all good news. There wasn't any shootings. There wasn't any political intrigue. The forecast looked really good. It's like sunshine. It's going to be 73 degrees every day. No rain. Everything looked perfect. The world in my mind and in my dream was at peace. 
But then I started asking myself, if the world was totally at peace, there was no issues on the news, no problems, am I at peace? And that question comes to you, are you at peace today? In my life, I've struggled with addiction. I've struggled with that war that's within, inside of us. And, and Jesus said that really, sin is like addiction. He said that he that commits sin is the servant of sin. If the world was at peace, would I be at peace? Or would I be fighting with those inner demons? Would you be fighting with those inner demons? What about the truth and falsehood? We struggle for the truth in our lives, don't we? And Jesus said of those Pharisees that you are of your father, the devil, who is the father of lies. And sometimes we want to believe the lies, don't we? Because the lies are more convenient to my life. The lies are easier for me. We battle within ourselves, don't we, to believe the truth and then to have to do something about it. Because once you know the truth, that means you're responsible and culpable for doing something about the truth. Is there peace within each of us? Is there a peace between me and God? The self, the ego, the pride. Because the Bible says that when we come to Jesus, when we come to the Lord, it says, Paul says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not, but Christ lives in me. And so as a follower of Jesus, am I at peace with God? Have I truly crucified this ego that's within me? Am I at peace with God? You think about the flesh and the spirit. Paul said in Romans 8, 5, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires? Am I at peace between that dichotomy of flesh and Spirit? Am I at peace? Are you at peace? And yet Jesus, in the midst of all these spiritual conflicts and contradictions that are within all of us, says, peace I leave with you. Isn't that a beautiful promise? And also there is that battle of immortality and mortality. That we all faced losing ourselves and losing people we love, losing people to death. And isn't there a conflict there? Just like when Mary and Martha, they came to Jesus in John chapter 11 and said, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. If the world was at peace, would you be at peace? There's that old prayer I think that helps. God, grant me the serenity, the peace, to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. That's been a helpful prayer. There's also a fuller version of that prayer that you may have never heard. 
that goes like this. God, give us grace to accept with serenity, with peace, the things that cannot be changed, courage to change the things which should be changed, and the wisdom to distinguish the one from the other. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did the sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Sometimes we need to pray that prayer, don't we? That prayer of serenity, that prayer of peace, understanding that I have to accept some things in this life. Isn't that the hard thing about accepting things that I cannot change? It's a prayer of peace. You see, Jesus promises us as believers peace. He promises each one, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. It says in the Scriptures that this peace that Jesus offers to each of us is protective. That once you begin to know the peace of Christ, it protects you from within. It says in Philippians, the peace of God, which surpasseth all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Don't you want that peace? That peace only through Christ that surpasses all knowledge. There's a lot of people who think they know a lot, aren't there? But the peace of God through Christ surpasses all understanding, all knowledge, and it guards that heart that's within you from bitterness, from sorrow, from evil. And that peace is an internal reality. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Where? In your hearts. That if I want peace, it has to begin where? Inside. So many of us are looking for peace externally. We want that peace in our bank account. We want that peace in the home that we found or in that car that's not broke down or in that wallet that's full. We're looking for that peace everywhere except where it is. That it's ultimately in Jesus. That peace which passes all understanding and knowledge. And Jesus says that this peace is not circumstantial. It says in 2 Thessalonians 3.16, listen to this, Now may the Lord of peace Himself continually grant you peace in every circumstance. The peace of God that we know in Christ Jesus transcends our circumstances. It's a supernatural thing. It's a spiritual thing. It is beyond what the world can grant us. You know what it's rooted in, don't you? How do we achieve that kind of peace? It's a tall order, isn't it? Does that mean you won't ever get rattled? No, you'll get rattled. Because life's going to throw challenges at you. Life is going to challenge you sometimes. Your circumstances aren't always going to be good. But how do we achieve that peace? How, do we, how does God grant that peace? And it's one word. Trust. 
Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your paths. The way to that peace is trusting in God. That's why that serenity prayer begins by trusting in the things that I cannot change, the things that are out of my hands, trusting in the Lord. Listen to what Jeremiah says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope in the Lord is. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters that spreadeth out her roots by the river. If you trust in the Lord, the Lord likens you unto a tree that has some roots. Because if you're digging into the world, if you're digging into the hopes of the world and into the circumstances of the world, guess what happens? It dries up. But if you trust in the Lord, there's a hope there that's transcendent. Listen to what Isaiah said in Isaiah 26.3, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts thee. If I want to have that peace Inside, it begins with trusting the Lord for who He is. How can I trust Him? The number one reason you can trust the Lord is that you can trust Christ in His sovereignty. You have to begin with that. The things that are out of my control, and there's a lot out of my control. Is there a lot out of control in your life? How many of you can control the economy? I can't. How many of you can control what your kids do? How many of you can control what your spouse does? There's a lot of things in this life that are beyond our control, but the the message of the Word is, is that no matter how much freedom God gives each of us, He says that He is in control. Yes, He's permissive. Yes, He allows us to make choices. But ultimately, guess who's in charge of the universe? God is. And there's some days where I have to just let go and let God, right? Jesus said it like this, all authority and power has been given to me in heaven and earth. If all authority, if Jesus has all authority, that means He's in control. He is in control. Job said it like this, listen to this, I know you can do everything and that no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. When things are going badly, when things aren't going my way, I can put my trust in the sovereignty and control of God. So much so that Spurgeon said it like this, when you go through a trial... The sovereignty of God is the pillow upon which you lay your head. I can rest at night because I know that God has control of this world. God is in control. Christ is sovereign over time and history. If He wasn't in control of history, then how did all those people predict that He would be here? You ever thought about that? If God isn't in control of history and if God isn't in control of time, then how could God predict hundreds, thousands of years before Jesus that Jesus would be born? You see, it's evidence that who's in control? God's in control. That God is sovereign over time and history. God is sovereign over creation. 
Listen to this, it speaks of Christ. For in Christ all things were created, the things in heaven and earth, visible, invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through Him and for Him. I can trust in the sovereignty of Christ. I can trust in the sovereignty of His time over history. I can trust in His wisdom. But I can also trust in God for His providence. What does that word mean? Providence. We talk about God's sovereignty and then we talk about His providence. Providence means what God is doing in time. How God is acting in our lives. How God is acting in the world today. That is His providence. How does He do that? Well, He guides us if we want Him to. We went on a little trip this week. And I had to put up with a GPS. And my wife was happy enough to, and nice enough to put it in an English accent. So everywhere I went, you may turn, I can't even do the English accent, I was trying to. But it sounded really smart, didn't it? But I had to trust, didn't I? I had to trust in that English voice wherever I went, that that turn was indeed the turn to get to where I needed to go. Don't you know that God wants to be the voice in your life? God wants you to hear His voice today. God wants to guide you where He wants you to go. And He doesn't talk like that English guy. In the wilderness, it says of the people of Israel in Exodus 13, 21, the Lord went ahead of them. He guided them during the day with a pillar of cloud and He provided light at night with a pillar of fire This allowed them to travel by day or by night. God guided His people and He still wants to guide us today. How does He guide us? Through His Word. Some of us don't know where we're going because we haven't opened His Word. And if we want to go where God is, we have to open His Word up and listen to His voice. This is the voice of God. He also guides us through wisdom. He says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all men liberally. If you've got a tough decision to make, my first question is, have you prayed? Have you asked God for the wisdom, for the direction? Give me a cloud, Lord. Give me a pillar of fire. Give me wisdom. Guide me. I can trust Him for His providence. Remember, probably the greatest story of providence was Joseph. Remember his life? Was it smooth sailing for Joseph? No, I think what happened to him first is that his brothers sold him into slavery. How about that family reunion? That your own brothers take you and throw you down into a ditch, into a hole, and sell you into slavery. Then you become a slave, a servant, only be thrown into prison. Years and years go by. And then finally at the end of Joseph's story, it says this in Genesis chapter 50, 20, As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring about for many people should be kept alive as they are today. 
There's lots of ups and downs in life, but we have to trust in God's providence where He's leading, where He's going with us, where He's putting us, that it's according to His plan. There's also this blessing of prayer. Paul says, Now to Him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. Did you hear that? Whatever your plan is for you, God's got a better one. If you will obey Him. I can trust Him for His sovereignty, His control. I can trust Him for His providence. But I also must trust Him for the things that He's put into my confidence. There's not one person in this room that's an accident. Do you know that? And God has trusted something to each person in here. I don't know what He's doing. I don't have anything. What's He's in trouble? Well, the first thing is you got time. You got time on earth. God has granted you time today to do something with it. And you can either be a blessing or a curse, right? There's some people who walk around and they bless people wherever they go, and there's some people who bless people when they leave. But God has entrusted time to you, that resource, that beauty. God has also gifted you with people in your life, relationships that only you are somebody to those people. Whether it be a spouse, whether it be a mother, whether it be a father, whether it be a sister, whether it be a friend, you're the only person that can be you in that relationship. God has entrusted you with something. What are you going to do with it? And I know there's some talented people in here. I know that there's some smart people in here. Where did that come from? That is God entrusting you, entrusting in your confidence what you're going to do with it. That gets back to that prayer, doesn't it? That knowing the things which are within my control. What is in my control today? person sitting next to you, what you can do for others, the love that you have in your heart. I can trust God for His sovereignty, for His providence, for the confidence that He's placed in me, and I also can trust Christ for His destiny. At the beginning of this chapter in John chapter 14, he says things that are very similar. He says this, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in, my, in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself where I am. There you may be also. I don't know what tomorrow holds for any of us. I don't. But I know who holds it. And Jesus says that He has left this earth to prepare a place for you. And that one day He will return to receive us unto Himself and deliver the kingdom, the church, unto the Father. And that means I can trust Him. And if I truly trust in His sovereignty, if I truly trust in His providence, if I truly trust in the confidence that He's placed in me, if I truly trust in the destiny that He has for me, my eternal destiny... Not what's just going to happen tomorrow. My eternal destiny. 
found something. I found peace. I found the peace of God. Peace that the world can't offer. A peace that no person other than Jesus can offer. Jesus said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. And that peace begins in trust in who the Lord is. Do you know that peace today? The Bible says it begins in faith. It begins in prayer. We can pray that prayer. God, grant me the peace, the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Today, God is going to grant you the wisdom to change the things you can change. To be the person you need to be in your marriage. The person you need to be at work. The person you need to be at church. The person you need to be. God can give you the power, the strength, and the wisdom to know that. And it begins in knowing who He is. And repenting of sin. Sin is what destroys us. For the wages of sin is death. Confess Jesus to be the Son of God. That He indeed is in control. That all things were made through Him and for Him. And to be baptized, immersed into His body, the church. And that means I live a life not perfect. Not where I'm immune to any doubt. Because there will be doubts. Not where everything is just roses. But I know the peace of God. And no matter if the world is going to hell in a handbasket, which that's how I woke up to the news today. Isn't that how you woke up to the news? It wasn't good news. But I can find the good news within myself. And you can find the good news within yourself. If you haven't obeyed the gospel, there's no better day than to do that today. To put on Christ in baptism. Or maybe you're a Christian and you've let the distractions of the world get to your heart, to get to your mind, to get to your love that's within you. Or maybe you're a person that needs encouragement or healing. We want to sing this next song to encourage you. So if you have any need, won't you come now as together we stand and as we sing.